You are listening to episode 52 of the Sunday Shakeout, featuring a guide on how to improve long-term in the sport of running. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Shakeout. I am your host, Nicholas. This episode features a talk on how to ensure improvements in running year after year. I will be delving into why you need to start adopting a long-term outlook, and then some strategies that you can use to run for the long-term and improve year after year. If you are new to the Sunday Shakeout, let me give you a quick rundown. This show is your go-to source for in-depth training analysis, viable training tips, unbiased and reliable physiology and science, and so much more. Whether you're a beginner taking your first strides or an experienced runner aiming for new heights, the Sunday Shakeout provides you with the information you need to run faster, stay injury-free, and most importantly, stay happy on your running journey. So, let's lace up your shoes, hit the road, and dive into the world of long-term improvement. Without further ado, please enjoy my guide to improving year after year in distance running. Running is a sport that you can do for the rest of your life. I alluded to that in my last episode on state, but essentially you can start running in high school or even middle school if you're an early bloomer. You can run in college and then you can run until you're 70 if you do all of the things right in your training and in the stuff surrounding your running. But the point is in running, we gotta play the long game. We have to look at running as something that we will be doing for a long time something that we will be improving on year after year. Now, I'm not saying that you should try to plan out your career so that you have a huge marathon PR at the age of 84, but what I am saying is that there needs to be a vision there for long-term running. Because adaptation of any sort, but especially in running, takes a lot of time. And to achieve a certain degree of adaptation, like reaching your genetic limit of physiological adaptation in running, that takes a very long time. And so your goal as a runner, and, you know, especially all those self-coached runners out there, you should probably listen to this, but, you know, you should not have a super narrow outlook when it comes to your, your running career. You should not be solely focused on achieving your goal for that next marathon, that next half marathon, that next 10K, whatever it is. Because while that stuff is important, you must think bigger than that. You must have a general vision in your mind for where you want your running to go. Just because you can PR in your 30s and 40s, just because you can keep running until you're 70, it doesn't mean that you will. You must be on a steady course of improvement and try to keep on that steady course for as long as possible. You need to be able to race this year better than last year, and then next year needs to better be better than this year, and so on and so forth. Because if you run a marathon PR in your second, or if you run your all-time marathon PR in your second year of running, then, well, you probably did something wrong. But I know most of us runners would like to keep improving year after year, because after all, that process of improvement is what got me addicted to running in the first place. So that is really key. But many runners hit a premature peak, perhaps due to injuries, inconsistent training, errors in training, etc. So hopefully this episode gives some insightful strategies that you can use to make sure that you are improving year after year 
and hopefully I can provide you all with, with some ways to improve your outlook so that it is focused on the long term. Now, my first key, I guess you could call it, to improving year after year is to have consistency in your training. Now, a lot of you right now are going to be like, oh, well, here goes another podcaster talking about how important consistency is. And I mean, that point right there has some validity to it because consistency is brought up a lot. And not just in the running space, but in the world in general. And because that phrase, consistency is key, has been coined a lot, I think that it has lost a little bit of appreciation. But I think that it is still just as important because lack of consistency in training is one of the most common barriers to improvement in runners. When you stop training or when you reduce your training load, the fitness adaptations that you worked so hard to achieve begin to reverse themselves, and that is called detraining. Not only that, but when you do start to reduce your training load and when you do stop start to stop training, you lose fitness at a much faster rate than you gain fitness. And that is why being fit is something to cherish, something to enjoy, because it is difficult to hold on to fitness forever, and because it likely won't last forever. Because do you think that I wish I was back in the fitness necessary to run 125 for a half marathon, running 13 mile long runs at seven minute pace and it feeling like a cakewalk? Of course I do. I always wish I was like the fittest I've ever been, but that's never gonna be held on forever. But if you're consistent in training, you'll be able to be as fit as you can for a longer period of time. Just recognize that in your running, it is very difficult to improve as a runner without a certain amount of consistency in your training. You can't build up to 125 half marathon race fitness from nothing if you don't have the mileage consistently being built, if you don't have B plus workouts, if you don't have good long runs, if you can't avoid injuries and all that stuff. So you can't just, just snap your fingers and you get all this great fitness. It takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of consistency. And then when a reduction or interruption in training causes you to lose fitness, you dig yourself in a hole that makes it takes much longer to climb itself yourself out of than it did to create. But if you can maintain a solid foundation of fitness through consistent training, it is much easier to achieve a higher level of performance through modest increases in training load or improvements in training practices. Throwing the kitchen sink at your training is not going to help with the consistency. If you completely revamp your training, even though it is already working, then that is a recipe for disaster. Now, there are many ways in which a runner's training could lack consistency. You know, you could have injury, illness, poor training, lack of discipline in your training, or just have no training plan at all, meaning you just run out the door every day and hope for the best. But I also realized that there is another factor that comes into play when it comes to consistency. And that is that most of us listeners listening to this podcast, including myself, we are not pro runners. Pro run- because pro runners, runners only obligation is to become the best runners that they can become. That is what they get paid to do. It is so much easier for them to be consistent because there's nothing next to nothing that interrupts their training because just running is their first priority. However, for most of us listening to this podcast, our first priority in life is likely not running. We have many competing priorities like family, work, school, etc. We might miss a run or two because of a late night at work. We might have a family emergency or whatever it is. And so in life, if something has to give, it is usually our training. 
Now, I'll talk more about later how to stay consistent in training and some strategies for how to do that. But for now, just know that if you can stay consistent in your training, that is how you will get better year after year. Now, the second biggest tip I have for improving year after year is to build and learn from past training. Our bodies as runners are ever changing. And I don't just mean race times or, you know, how sore our bodies are, how injured we are, if we have any pains. But I mean that the way our body responds to training, what the body responds best to, and you know, because our body changes its responses to different stimuli, you should never train in precisely the same way you did in your last training cycle, no matter how successful it was. For example, let's say you had a hard time doing lots of threshold in your last training cycle. You would attempt to get up to 10 by 1k at anaerobic threshold in a session, but your body simply couldn't handle it. Because the next few days after that, you were really sore. Not only that, but during the 10 by 1k, your heart rate and your lactate levels skyrocketed at the end of the workout. If this was the case for you, then the worst possible thing that you could do the next training cycle is to try to stack more threshold on top of what you have already done. Unless, of course, you know, that, that might be a good solution if you've had other things or other errors going on. Like, for example, let's say you did do that 10 by K threshold and you did struggle with it. But at the same time, there was a lack of sleep, a lack of nutrition, uh, like poor hydration, lack of recovery stuff, strength training, etc. If that was the case where you had some something else bad going on in your training, some other unproductive practices going on at the same time, then you may be able to fix that stuff and just use your best judgment and then you may be able to increase your threshold volume. But assuming your training and everything else was already pretty dialed in and you couldn't handle the 10 by K at threshold, then it would be a terrible idea to move up to 12 by K at threshold. But just saying that you couldn't move up to 12 by K doesn't mean that you couldn't try 10 by K again. Like you could try 10 by K at threshold again because maybe your body would respond better to that. And on the other hand, if you had training that was manageable last cycle, then you may be, able to, may be able to increase next cycle, whether that is volume or intensity, but remember, always tread with caution and always give back to your body. If you are running higher volume than you ever have before, then do some foam rolling, some gym, dial in your sleep, your nu nutrition, etc. Now, the best way to stimulate year-to-year -year improvements in your running is to increase your volume or the amount of miles you run per week as well as per month. But of course, that is not always possible, nor is it the best thing to do, especially if you have other priorities in life. Also, most people will eventually reach a limit to how much volume they can hit per week without breaking down. Let's say for you it's 70 miles per week, because once you reach a limit you know, of 70 miles per week, the, your body starts to break down after eight to ten years you know you've hit 65 miles per week after slowly building up but then one training cycle you hit 70 miles per week and you start to notice a little injury in your knee a little pain in your hip if that's the case where 70 miles is your week then you know mileage is not something that you can keep improving upon anymore now you got to start improving and increasing upon the intensity of the running you are doing on a weekly basis now for beginner and intermediate runners you need to be keeping around 80 to 90% of your mileage easy, also known as the 80-20 rule, where 80% is easy and then 20% is hard. And the reason that we want to be doing this as beginner and intermediate runners is so that we can build up our mileage, which obviously builds the fitness and a great foundation, because if you can 
build the mileage with a lot of easy running, that will reduce the risk of injury and ultimately allow you to build up the mileage to greater places. But once you have reached the mileage limit, chances are you are not a beginner or an intermediate runner anymore. You are now an advanced runner. You have probably been running for close to a decade, if not more. And so if you have reached a mileage limit, you can start to go beyond that 80-20 rule because you are more, more advanced. If you have run 85% of your mileage easy and 15% hard, but you have reached a mileage limit, now start experimenting with running 80% easy and 20% hard, then 75-25, then 70-30. But I wouldn't go too far beyond 70-30 because, again, easy mileage builds the foundation and a ch the chance for injury greatly outweighs the benefit once you go way beyond like 70-30. Like once you get to like 60-40, then the injury chance goes way up. But, you know, you can experiment with what works best for you, but just know that once you kind of top off your mileage, you got to start increasing the intensity of your running, and that is how you got to increase your fitness past your mileage. Now, you know, increasing your intensity could entail a lot of things. It could be doing more threshold, like doing double threshold a couple times per week, like Yaka Mingabrickson. It could also be doing a lot of more race-specific training, because when you're a beginner, you don't need much specific training. You just need some, like, just a little bit of specific training, but you just need the mileage, because you just need to build a foundation, because a foundation as a beginner runner will take you a long way. But with advanced runners, your foundation is already built, and so instead of relying on general fitness gains, you need to start relying on building your specific fitness. And that is where building your race-specific fitness really comes in handy. But of course, build it in slowly and only to a point where you feel your body is doing as much specific training as it can handle. So building on past training and using your prior foundation for better training is key, but you should also be able to learn from your past training. That is an important skill. You must be able to pay attention to how your body responds to various training patterns, which means determining what works for you, what doesn't, and modifying future training to include what works more what more of what works for you and what doesn't. Sorry, I kinda hiccuped there. And the reason this skill is so important is because each runner is unique. There is no predicting how your body will respond to a workout just because some you see someone else doing it. And so, ongoing improvement depends on your ability to assess the effectiveness of a workout on your own body and make appropriate adjustments based off of that. Now, day-by-day -day adjustments are critical to keep you on track towards your goal race. But so are the adjustments that you make for year-to-year -year improvements. So, during the off-season, during that one-week break that you get after your peak race, Really start to take some time to look at your training and your training log and your race results and try to identify specific lessons that your training and your racing may offer. And that is why keeping a training log can be really important. So when you were reviewing your past training and race results, ask yourself some critical questions. Did I perform well in my peak races? And that means figuring out if the training cycle was too long or too short to read the best results. That also means assessing your taper for your race and your psychology going into the race. Ask yourself about your running volume. Could you have handled more mileage and could that have breeded better results? Was there too much mileage? Ask yourself if your training was poorly balanced. Did you balance your easy well runs well with your long runs, your threshold, your speed work, specific stuff, etc. Or was it poorly balanced? Ask yourself if you, if you were limited by aerobic fitness. Did you find that you performed better in shorter, faster workouts compared to longer workouts? Was your recovery time poor? Ask yourself if your speed was a limiting factor, race-specific fitness, etc. Ask yourself all of these questions, 
learn from the training that you have done previously, and don't disregard it. And then, once you have done that, start to build off of what you learn and experiment a little bit in your training in a sensible way, while at the same time preventing injuries. And that leads me to my last point, which is to avoid injuries. Now, you can be doing everything else that I have said so far in this episode, but if you get injured, it all goes out the window. See, injuries are the most common factor that completely obliterate all consistency in the sport of running. But if you can stay healthy for an extended period of time and avoid other training interruptions, then improvement, while not guaranteed, it becomes much easier to get. And if you are able to get yourself out of a rut of injuries, this non-stop cycle of just injured, not injured, injured, not injured, and then if you can begin to re- to introduce cons- some consistency into your training, you will unleash some potential that injuries have been hiding. And so, preventing injuries is the most important priority of your training. If you don't prioritize injury prevention with specific practices, it is very likely that you will break down sooner or later. And, you know, I made a whole episode on injury prevention before, so I won't go too deep on that, but just know that training comes first. And what I mean by that is, no matter how much strength training, foam rolling, stretching, mobility work, pre-run activation, no matter how good your sleep, nutrition, hydration is, if you have more training, bad training, it all goes out the window and that you will get injured. So really start to use what I talked about before when it comes to learning about your body, building off of what you have done before, be cautious when it comes to building the mileage and the intensity, and start to have a think about that. Because if you don't run training, if you don't have run training suitable to preventing injuries, then nothing can save you. But once you do have your run training dialed in, you can start to add some practices into your training that you know will help you long term. Start to develop a weekly strength training program going to the gym, doing some rehab, some injury prevention work, some core training, map out a spider graph of all the things you know that you can be doing to stay injury free, whether that's stretching for 10 minutes every night, pre-run activation before all your runs, nine hours of sleep per night, getting enough protein, fueling properly before you run your runs, you know, drinking enough water during the day, doing gym two to three times per week, doing some foam rolling, you know, all these things. Develop some systems that you know will work best for you and you know that will keep you injury free. And this will really help when you are building up the mileage and the intensity. Because when you are building up the mileage and the intensity, that is the time when you are going to be at most risk for injury. So having these routines and systems in place will act as a counter for the more part. Another big tip I have to stay consistent in your training and not get injured is to have some accountability. Make your running goals public to your friends, your family, an online community, whatever it is. Just make sure you have some sort of support system. And this support system, this accountability system, can be a big motivational boost. If you can have a public community that keeps you accountable, you will be much less likely to skip runs, gym workouts, foam rolling, and all the stuff that will keep you injury free because nobody likes to explain their excuses to another person. And if you don't have someone in your life who can keep you accountable, then get the accountability whiteboard. And on that whiteboard, write down all of the things that you do on a you can do on a daily and a weekly basis that you need to stay consistent. I mean, I need to run my workouts at the correct intensity, you know? We have already talked about it. I need to do gym, I need to do foam rolling, stretching, yoga, nutrition, hydration, all that stuff. Make a plan that you know you can stick to, set up systems that you know you can execute and will keep you consistent, put that plan into practice, and that accountability whiteboard in a place where you know you can see it every day and start to stick to it. 
But I think the most important tip I have is write it down. Write down your plan. Write down the systems that you need to be following. That is the most important down part. Writing it down will really help you stay on track because it is a written copy. It's a written record. If you're about to skip a gym workout, your mind is going to be like, oh wait, remember that plan I wrote down? I got to stick to that. So start to have a look at your training, how your body responds to different types of training, how your body has evolved over time, and start to make some changes. Start to make some adjustments, some modest adjustments that will benefit the fitness and your body. Really dial in your training as well as everything that surrounds your training to stay consistent and injury free. Have a plan for you, where you want to go in running so that you can improve year after year and eventually one day reach your genetic potential. Thank you for listening to episode 52 of the Sunday Shakeout. Hope this episode was really insightful for you guys. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a pretty basic episode. Like I didn't want to like overwhelm like the content this week. Um, it, yeah, it's pretty simple stuff, year after year improvements, but if you can really start to dial in this stuff, then it's really going to pay off long term. Just, you know, take some time, sit at a table, like, take out a pencil and a pen, or, sorry, <laughs> pencil or a pen, take out, like, a piece of paper, and start to just really see where you can make improvements in your running, as well as surrounding your running. Really start to think not just about your next marathon, your next half marathon, your next 10K, your next 5K. Stop thinking just about that. Start thinking about where you want to be in the next five years, the next 10 years. Because if you run like a 239 marathon, yet you're crippled two years after that, well, I don't see how it really matters. So really start to just think about about all that. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. So if you enjoyed this episode of the Sunday Shakeout, Please consider following or subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I would also greatly appreciate a review in Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. I want to thank all my listeners so much for the support. Um, You know, episode 52, I know there's 52 weeks in a year, but I actually think I posted two episodes my first week of the Sunday Shakeout. So I think that actually next year will be my one-year anniversary, which which is actually pretty cool. But I'm just so proud of all everything that this podcast has done so far. Um, shout out to everybody at Seattle Prep who su- supported me along this journey. Go check out the Seattle Prep Instagram page. Um, you know, they made a shout out to my podcast. So thanks to all those guys on the sports marketing page. And uh, yeah, hope you all really enjoyed this episode of the Sunday Shakeout. Thank you all for participating in these polls. And because um, last week... Um, I made a poll on like, which do you like better cross country track, road racing or trail racing? People said cross country and there was a lot of votes. So that's pretty cool. But, um, anyway, hope you all really enjoy your week and, uh, peace out. This is the Sunday shakeout. <laughs>